Hey, everyone. This episode is for the parents as we are all figuring out how to get through pandemic 2.0. It seems like we are back to where we were a year ago and everyone is having a ton of feelings about it, including us. So the beginning of this podcast is absolutely Sarah, Caroline, and I processing all of our feelings around where we are in this country, especially as the kids are going back to school. So it's a little messy. You know how we are, but it's also, I think, therapeutic as you see us process our feelings. And then we are going to get into why everyone is having a hard time right now. We really see it as a trauma response that everyone is experiencing at the same time. So we're going to talk about why we're getting triggered. And then we're also going to give you some strategies on how to keep ourselves calm. And you can really hear Sarah walking Caroline and I through it in the moment. There might be some swear words just because we're emotional. I hope that's okay with you. There might not be as well. Thanks so much for listening. We hope y'all are doing okay and hang in there. Welcome to Podcast Therapist, presented by Virginia Family Therapy. I'm Sarah. I'm Caroline. And I'm Amanda. As three family therapists, we know how hard it is to feel like you're being the parent you want to be while juggling everyone's needs. We specialize in helping families just like you during the long days of multitasking and constant searching for the bar of success. Our podcast mixes expertise, real life advice, and embarrassing stories. Whose embarrassing story? (laughs) Yours. (laughs) Let's walk through this together. Welcome to Podcast Therapists, brought to you by Virginia Family Therapy. How are you guys? Good. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Carolyn. I haven't actually seen you guys in a little bit because I was away. I know. Well, kind of away. Yeah, you were kind of away. I was out of the office. How do you feel about COVID these days? I am ready to rage on COVID. Guys, my pandemic rage is back. I think it may be increased. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So, shall we talk about what we're going to tackle today? What we're going to talk about is how parents are dealing. This is about parents, guys. This is about (laughs) how the parents and adults are feeling about the Delta variant, starting school, and pandemic 2.0. And wearing masks. And yes, so seriously, had this lovely two-week vacation plan that we go every year, Cape Cod, and all of a sudden... 48 hours before we leave, we start getting texts from friends saying, Hey, have you read the news about what's going on at Cape Cod? I was like, No, of course, because I wasn't. And sure enough, there was a huge, big, it's actually what CDC based a lot of their mm-hmm. recent research on. There was a huge outbreak of the Delta variant. And not to freak anybody out, but people who had been vaccinated actually we tested positive and luckily, very low hospitalization rates for breakthrough infections, but still enough to keep my family and I out of that area this year, just because of other things we have to do after the vacation, actually, since we are a vaccinated family, but still. Ugh. I feel like I'm realizing that I it's like such an emotional roller coaster. And I realize that everyone has their own opinions and beliefs and viewpoints on the vaccine. But I feel like This time last year, I remember telling myself, like, oh, if there's a vaccine, like, how would I get it right away? Would I not? And we were lucky in our jobs to have access to the vaccine relatively early. And I was like, I have never been so relieved in my life to have gotten the Mm -hmm. vaccine. 
And then there was this, like, those late spring months, I was so hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I was relieved, and I, like, felt good, and the world was reopening. Guys, and it is, like, I feel emotionally, personally, like, it has come crashing back down in the last few weeks in this, like, really sad, overwhelming way. Yeah, and I, I think absolutely. And I, I when I think about just feeling... And obviously, I have enough privilege to have a two-week vacation. Let me own that. But, you know, I, I think about how disappointed I was about going on vacation. How do the poor families feel that, like, lost people? And I have a family member that passed away from COVID. I mean, this is a very re-triggering experience for people who had losses during this time. But then when I step back, this is a re-triggering experience for every human being that has lived through it. Yeah. Because what you just said, Caroline, mm-hmm. is like... This time last year, I was like, yeah, I can do virtual school. I've got this. Mm-hmm. I can I can make this happen. And I had some optimism. And now when I think about it, I know what February felt like for me. And I know like I it was the darkest month I have ever had in my entire life. It felt so bad. And now that I'm starting the school year thinking about COVID, it's triggering that February feeling. That's what's coming up for me. And like as you talk about it, and I think back, I'm like oh, getting teary. Yeah, you right? are. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god, I, I kind of forgot. Yeah. Just how bad it was. Just and I remember Amanda and I having conversations and being like, March first. Like if we can hang on until March first, it's yeah. gonna be spring. Put it yeah. on March first. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, but right. Like I think. It's a weird thing to be collectively re-entering a trauma. So I speak to you with lots of love, you guys, and and people listening to. So my specialty area is trauma. And it's really fascinating to have such a generalized trauma response from so many people at once. Because even in communities, when you have something tragic happen, there's still enough people on the outside of that inner circle to kind of anchor it in and balance it out, right? But with this experience, everybody experienced this kind of at the same time, different degrees, definitely. But for those of us who have kids in school, or those of us who just walk through this, holding other people's space and other people's suffering, or just, you know, it was a rough time for everybody, this is triggering. Just to know that there's new variants coming, back really strong, that they're, the infection rate is high, you know, all these things. Hopefully nobody's turned us off now. We're so depressing for everybody right this minute. We do have suggestions at the end, by the way, to make this better. <laughs> um, and drinking may or may not be at the end of this. But this is what trauma feels like, you guys. This is an acute stress for everybody. And it doesn't feel good. So can I tell you, because I am, am sad right now, for sure. And I do, I think I am having a trauma response and I'm resonating with all the things you're saying. And I also want to say that about two days ago, I was like, I want to get drunk and dance every night for the next three (laughs) weeks because school is going to start and going to shut it down. Right. So there was a part of me that knew it's like, you're anticipating the trauma. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to be free and happy and like totally dysregulated anticipating that it was coming. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally normal. Especially it's kind of like when, you know, your body actually physically has responses to things that you don't even think about. Sometimes when I was in my twenties, this is a stupid kind of crazy story, but I used to have 
you know, eat bagels. And I would sometimes use this big knife and I would cut my hand with the knife by accident, probably weekly, truthfully, because I would be in a hurry or whatever. It got to the point where if I opened the door and touched that knife, my stomach would flop. Yeah. Because I had conditioned myself to knowing that that Mm -hmm. stimulus or that knife would end up hurting me, even though I was the one cutting the bagel, by the way, you guys. And anyway, but my point is like, we connect our bodies even set off alarm systems because it's triggered. It it has its own reminder system. Mm -hmm. And our alarm systems are awesome. Our alarm systems are going off to say to us, like, this is really stressful. And last time we were in this situation, it was really not good. So get out of it, like find something else. But in this case, we can't really do that. It's difficult. So we have to figure out a way to navigate this and to cope with this. Which is why this podcast specifically is really for parents, not so much for the kids to be listening to, because we need the adults in the room to be the adults and kind of set the tone for how to handle it. So here's the thing that I'm thinking about as we're talking, and Sarah, you can probably explain this as the trauma expert in significantly better terms, but essentially like our brains, my brain, there's so many external triggers that are reminding me of this time last year. There's the news cycle. There's the masks back on. There's the intensity of the news. There's the, you know, the feeling and the air changes. You can hear the cicadas in a different way. So it's all bringing me back to one mm-hmm. year ago. And I feel that in my body. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling that in my body. And what it's happening is it's creating those same emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's the external triggers that are bringing me back to the past and not staying in the present. That's that right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So... Because also, as I'm hearing us talk, I'm a little bit like, we're being kind of ridiculous. Like, we're not being ridiculous at all. But mm-hmm. it's also like, we don't know what it's going to look like in the future. But we've got ourselves so worked up in a million knots because we're so scared of the future, too. So the other piece of that is the way our brains work is the more anxious we get, the more scared we get. And we've talked about this. The less we can actually think clearly. I'm right. We're here just doing deep breathing right now. <laughs> get yourself in the present. Actually, yeah. get yourself no, in the present. But that's what it, yeah. The thing is, like, as we started talking about this, I was like, I, like, my stomach hurts and I'm. <laughs> I love your stomach. <laughs> I know. Guys. My sweating and my stomach and, like. But no, right? Like, I think purposely, I have not spent a lot of time thinking about. And reflecting on the last year. Yeah. And as we just started this conversation, I was like, oh God, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I do think it's hard to stay in the moment, right? I think when mm-hmm. we start even talking about the future and how it relates to the past, right? Like that was enough for me to just have five minutes of freak out on a podcast that we're recording. Mm-hmm. Well, and so what I'm going to do, this is what I teach. Well, we're jumping all over the place because we're in it right now. Right, we're in it. We're but, agitated. So yeah, like, it's really mm-hmm. like to be like, I'm sitting in a room with Sarah and Caroline and we're having kind of a ball. Caroline's stomach hurts and that makes me laugh. Sorry. But it's, but, no, it's great because you take a few deep breaths and then you're fine. Right. Right? But I'm like, oh, I need to tune in and be like, why am I feeling so anxious? And then come back to like, no, I'm fine right now. So let's yeah. say the the other pieces. So, you know, one of the things that we keep talking about with this particular virus is we need to pay attention to science, right? Like we need to focus on science. The same is actually true with trauma response. We need to focus on the science of trauma response. And the trauma response is... You sound like a genius. I do. Well, let's stop right there. (laughs) (laughs) What we know about our bodies is our bodies are going to respond. What we know about our brains is, you know, we will not be thinking as clearly. We'll get flooded. We'll get overwhelmed. We start to avoid or over plan. Those are usually the two extremes that people go to. 
So do people flip flop? Mm-hmm. only if their names are Caroline. No, I'm teasing. Absolutely flip-flop because you can't find comfort in either one. So you kind of vacillate, right? So we're constantly just seeking comfort. We're seeking like a reboot, if that makes sense, to calm even, right? Yeah. And it's really hard to do that. So part of what I think is really important as parents and just as adults is that we really focus on like what you were saying, trying to stay present. What's real? What's perceived threat? but what's real threat? What do we know? What can we anchor into that we know? And what worked last time, right? Like, Can you slow it way down? Because everything you said there was so smart. Can you slow it down? Sorry, Sarah. Yeah, just except for I'm over 50. Like so, nothing. But I'm over 50. I may have forgotten everything I just said. Okay, great. But okay. So I'll stop you and interrupt you when okay. I hear more. So the science of trauma, what we understand about the way that things work is that our brains actually function to protect us, right? So it begins to shut down. Like, for example... If you ever visit an ICU, the ICU is very quiet. And the reason it's so quiet is because the body is focusing on healing. They want to decrease the stimulation on the brain, right? Mm -hmm. They want to have it be soothing and kind of quiet. So it's similar if you're really stressed or you're really experiencing a lot of kind of trauma response is the quieter you can kind of get your brain to be, the more soothed you can find in your body or in your brain, the more apt you are to then return to kind of normal thinking, normal kind of processing ability. Mm -hmm. So it's really, my guess is for most people like us, like we were actually, we function fine during our day to day. I don't want the clients that saw us all earlier today to worry. Um, <laughs> guys, we have this fine until we started. <laughs> exactly. We're all fine, guys. We're we are. All fine. Totally fine. But that's the point. Like, I think we all came in here and even we talked a little bit before we hit record and then we hit record and we started actually sharing. And all of us, like, I think we could feel it in here. Like, I could feel it in my body. I could feel it in you guys' bodies. But I think so. It's like, it's so normal and it's super healthy. Like, our bodies are doing exactly what they're meant to do. They're meant to respond in a way of trying to resettle, reboot. And what I'm noticing as a pattern in like my friends and people that I'm seeing is I also feel like there's this tendency for people right now to like hold it together, hold it together, hold it, hold it together until you like have to, like Amanda, you were saying like go wild or you have to like have some way to like get it out. Oh yeah. Because it's like, you know, we're like, planning and planning and holding it together emotionally and like doing all this stuff until you just like can't do it anymore. Right. So during high, high stress times or really traumatic, traumatic experience, it's, it's really helpful to have a much more steady plan around, you know, five minutes of breathing or two minutes of breathing, whatever you can fit in and work, but trying to do something daily versus Mm -hmm. holding it together till, you know, you lose it about something little in your house on your kid. Right. Because I think the risk is if I didn't know this was a trauma response, I would, I really would do these things. I wouldn't really do them. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I didn't do anything wild or inappropriate as a 40 year old woman, just FYI. No. (laughs) But I do think that I've known with my words what's going on with me because I'm a psychologist and I've known that I'm just like trying to go wild because I feel the tension coming back and I'm trying to be free. So I think there is this piece of what you were just saying, Caroline, around like, shoot, guys, I totally forgot what I was thinking. Sorry. Okay. So one of the, one, Maybe cut that out. <laughs> no, or not because one of, one of the symptoms of trauma is actually forgetfulness, right? It's interruption and in thought. So like oh, no. when you're really oh, no. stressed yeah. is when you put your car keys in the fridge, right? Like, or you lose 
you have something in your hand, you lose like your glasses somewhere in the house or your phone. How many times do you lose your phone when you're more stressed? Like all the time. So those are all normal things that you would see in people if the stress level is higher. And I think for those of us who have kids heading back into school, like it's one thing to talk just about the general part of this, how we all have this trauma response to just the fear piece that's floating out there again about COVID. But now we're also facing school, which we all were looking forward to putting some normalcy and structure back in our lives that may not actually come through with that promise. And so again, we're facing some of those same kind of insecurities around how the school year is going to look. How, what's, how is that going to affect my kid? How is that going to affect my house? How am I going to work? You know, all those things that we kind of thought we tackled last year. One of the things that feels so different now is like the huge array of experiences people are going to have. Like last year, it felt like we were all sort of in the same space. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like we all shut down for Mm -hmm. a period of time and then things like reopened at different points. But now that it's so localized, I feel like it's just, it's kind of mind blowing to me, like how different depending on where you live, like your child's experience is going to be this year. Well, and what does that do to people tolerating each other and each other's differences too, right? Like people have very strong feelings about masks and whether kids should be wearing masks in school and the whole school districts are doing totally opposite things from each other. Their whole state's making decisions about these things differently than other states. So it all of a sudden felt like, yes, we were kind of a unified team at some level. Like we all wanted to help tackle this virus. And now all of a sudden we've got a little divide and conquer happening and it feels, it doesn't feel good actually. So it's all this conflict, right? So I yeah. think for parents where their kids are going back to school, there's like logistical tension and intensity, right? All the stuff we have to do to get our kids back to school, plus this increased conflict with people that we love and cross-culturally again, like in our, in our mm-hmm. country, all with being triggered by the physical signs of our trauma from last year. Yeah. Right? 100%. So we're in a very stressful time. Yeah. I mean, and here, I don't know. I mean, I have the oldest kid, but I'm kind of saying to her because she's very quick to kind of say, well, I I don't know that I want to be around people who aren't vaccinated. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, let's be kind about that. You know, we talked about that in our last podcast mm-hmm. too, like, or two podcasts ago, like, you know, show grace and, and kindness around that. People make different decisions, that kind of thing. I think people are getting a little more short tempered about that. A million. And the thing is, is that Remember, I felt like it was over. I yeah. had so much stress around planning Thanksgiving last year. It was so hard on me. Oh, weeks. I remember it that. Was so stressful, like the hardest two weeks, like ever. And I'm in another vacation planning yep. tension. Yep. Right? Like, can't we just go on a vacation without all this tension and talking about masks and deciding and all of that? Nope. Is the answer to that? <laughs> I'm well, just kidding. Say, so, Sarah, can you go back to because I found yeah. hope in this, Sarah. So okay. I'm like, please give me some. Yeah, yeah. No, there's um, great hope. I I really liked what you were saying about how our brains, how we need to pay attention to the science of trauma. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm, I'm going to take that in. I'm you like that? You. Yeah. Awesome. Like, what do we need to be paying attention to? You were saying we need to look at like the data, and we need mm-hmm. to pay attention to our bodies and are we okay? Like, can you go into that? Yeah. So, so it's, our bodies are designed to recover from trauma. Our bodies are designed to try to go back to kind of a level of normalcy. And especially if the traumatic experience is 
the more adult your brain is, the more fully functioned your brain is, you know, the faster you kind of bounce back usually. And, and so in a sense, like what we're trying to look at is like the body's gravitate towards being healthy. Our body and our brain gravitates towards that kind of healthy balance, you know, kind of more, Mm -hmm. it's set up to reboot itself and come back to calm and normal Mm -hmm. again and not do these highs and lows all over the place. But when we're in a traumatic or heavy stress situation, it does those highs and lows jumping around kind of thing, which feels really uncomfortable to most of us. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a trauma history, it's worse and because your body's already got some wiring around that. But if you've never experienced a trauma, then this might be your first foray into Mm -hmm. some of these symptoms. And so the somatic symptoms or the body symptoms you have might be what you actually pay attention to more than just how busy your brain is. Because you might, as a parent and especially a working parent, if you, you know, your brain's always busy because you're raising Mm -hmm. kids and you're making, you know, you're balancing all sorts of things in life, but you may not be as familiar with the stuff that's representing, you know, how your body's actually responding. And that body brain balance is really, really important. And so I guess what I would say is like, always pay attention to what is new in your body or what's, what your body's feeling like. If you're feeling exhausted by 4 PM, think about why what's happening during your day, what's led up to that at that time. If you're you know, if you want to all of a sudden go to bed at, you know, seven o'clock or you can't get up, you're usually up and out the door by seven in the morning and you're really struggling to get up in the morning. What's, you know, are you feeling, is it something more emotional that you're feeling? Or Caroline's stomach hurting. Caroline's stomach hurting, headaches are really normal. Yeah. Or just even just that kind of like um, anxious feeling, like where you just feel a little jumpy or a little like uncomfortable. I feel like a lot of people are verbalizing that they're agitated. Mm-hmm. Angry, actually. Like, yeah. This is really helpful for me to put together. So I always say that like building Virginia family therapy, like a little bit bigger was part of my trauma response. Like when I get stressed, I just like put my head down and work. You do. You do. Guys, last night I was up until like midnight and I woke up at like five just with like working and I hadn't mm-hmm. put together and it's not... Mm-hmm. I, but that is, it's like, a, I think it's my avoidance. It's your coping. It's my coping. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think some people, Whoa. what's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Look out, guys. Look out. <laughs> I did notice how early our first email came through. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I always check Amanda's email time, actually, to see what, to gauge where the thermometer is. Oh, I won't send them at 4.45 because I know people are checking. We time. are checking. No, I mean, I think it's really okay. And I think the other piece is, you know, like anxiety can feel kind of contagious. Yes. Um, trauma isn't really contagious in that way, but trauma response can be, if that makes sense. So if if someone's feeling really anxious about the school year and starts really like, say I call you on the phone, and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I'm flooding about this. I'm really tough. You know, by the time we get off the phone, you may be holding my anxiety and my stress yeah. for me as well or with me. Um, so it can do that in families. Yeah, it can do it in front. And so it's really one of the first things I would say is definitely start to name it. Like if you have a feeling like name it with your closest friends, with your partners, with your, you know, mom or dad, if you're close to them and that's who you talk to, um, just try to identify what it is that you're feeling and be okay about owning that. I think the reality is honestly, almost most people are having very healthy responses to a very unhealthy situation. So if you're feeling trauma, good. That means your body and your brain Mm -hmm. are working right Mm -hmm. because we should, this is shitty and it's been long and it's been difficult. And 
this might be your very first experience in something like this. It may not be. You may have had other things that were really hard in your life. But if you are responding somewhat like this, then that's very normal. I like too what you said, Sarah, like around identifying your feeling and naming it because I know, right? Like when I come home, well, okay, let's use this for instance. When I'm sending you guys emails at 4.45 <laughs> in the morning and I'm not naming the feeling, you're like, what the hell is she doing? Like, she's crazy. She's going to ask us to do a million crazy ass things. But when I, now that I've said to you, like, this is how I'm dealing with my anxiety and my trauma. Yeah. Like, doesn't that like kind of bring down the energy around it? Oh, yeah. Well, it takes some of the power away. Absolutely. Like, when you name it, mm-hmm. it takes some of the power away because it's not unknown anymore. Yeah. And... I also feel like it's then like a collective experience, right? Like if I have told someone I'm anxious, right? Like 20 minutes ago or however many minutes ago, I was like, guys, help. (laughs) Um, No, but like there is something about just saying like, hey, I just got really anxious. Yeah. It helps you feel better. Yeah. You're just. Right? That like is part of the process. And so I think that like being able to name it and share it is part of what we need. So I also think for me, sometimes when I get anxious, I get short and irritable. Mm-hmm. Not at work. I'm actually really well behaved at work. I think it's my family that probably gets the tail end of that. And so I can be a bit sharp and it's because I'm agitated. I'm, you know, I'm fe- just feeling heightened about stuff and sensitive about things. And so I will kind of bark or I'll, you know, be maybe a little too sarcastic or just a little irritable or whatever, or maybe a lot irritable to be honest. But, um, we're not interviewing family, but, um, <laughs> I can then, if I name it, I can then, I can identify what I need to apologize for too. Because in the moment when you didn't do the things I asked you to do, I might feel very righteous about that as well. Um, in the sense that, look, I asked you to clean your room, so clean your room. But at the same time, like my, the way I'm, my, my message might be sound, but my delivery system might be under too much pressure. So I can own that and say, you know, I did really want you to clean your room. However, I probably should have been a lot nicer about that. And I'm really sorry. I just felt really, I'm feeling really stressed. And I think that also allows for empathy, right? Yeah. Right. That's the piece is because we all are kind of managing our own. Everyone is not everyone, but many, many people are re-triggered right now. And so if we can say it out loud, chances are the person next to us is experiencing it too. And so then you can actually join on real feelings instead of coming in like, like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. here are my emails, here are my ideas, here's all this. And you're going to get up there with me and you're going to respond right. way up there. Right? right. Whereas if we can just have a real conversation around it, we're like, okay, like now we can connect over it, you know? Yeah. You don't need to escalate with the person. Right. Yeah. It just, this also just makes me feel for the people who haven't gotten a break. Yeah. In the pandemic, like the, whether you're in like a healthcare worker yeah. or you just live in a certain area, I'm like, I feel like I got a break. Like, I feel like the beginning of this summer, life felt relatively normal. In our area, I think we did get a break. Our our numbers went way down. It was so low. There were weeks Mm -hmm. where there were like zero Mm -hmm. new COVID cases. Yeah. Yeah. We were really lucky. I guess in the midst of all of like my anxiety and agitation, I'm also like so grateful that I had that moment Mm -hmm. to sort of reset Mm -hmm. and be like, okay. This can happen. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of just this reminder like, okay, even if hard things do lay ahead, like we can get to that place. Yeah, we can totally do this. Yeah. 
yeah, I can, you know, yeah. we made it there. We figured it out. We mm-hmm. can do it again. Yep. I feel for like how hard it could be to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think sometimes the, you know, it's one thing to experience a trauma, but when we start to anticipate trauma or you start to anticipate again, our fear can go way up and way beyond yep. what is actually coming. Yep. And that's oftentimes the cycle that people get into that survive trauma experiences, right? So their bodies respond and that the body responding then triggers this over response of worry and anxiety. And so I think part of that is too, like realizing with everything, there's a beginning, middle and end. Can so we slow that down? Mm-hmm. Cause this is the thing I really like what you're saying Okay, is that I think that we are anticipating, we don't know what's going to happen, right. but we're all anticipating the worst yeah. right now. We're anticipating last February. We are anticipating. I can't even talk to you about what's happening. <laughs> I don't know if I showered for like a week. I'm kidding. But like, we are anticipating the worst. Mm-hmm. And if we can slow it down, mm-hmm. potentially we don't have to feel as bad. Right. If we can slow it down, if we can name it, if we can really look at it, and if we can trust and lean into kind of trusting ourselves, you said it too, Caroline, like we we made it through that. February for all of us really sucked. Amanda, I remember you talking about that and really struggling with some of that. And I think the three of us were like, yes, you know, spring's almost here. We can really live for spring. Like we found a way to do it. We even in that moment broke it down and found a way to look forward to something. But I think once you've experienced a traumatic experience, it's really easy to then just fear that again mm-hmm. and almost like fear it being terrible again. But we really are wired to survive. We're wired to survive really hard things. And we do hard things all the time. Can you also speak to the idea, like, I feel like a lot of us have been or were in like survival mode, Yeah. right? Like yeah. I did not even have space to process what was going on until this summer. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like there was like enough distance, almost like emotional distance. I wasn't as in it. So I was like processing the last year. And then I feel like as the feelings come back of like, am I going to do this again? I like can't process it anymore. Yeah. And that's a really good point. And it's really okay to not take on processing that history of it right this minute when you're just trying to re-survive again. So what Caroline is talking about is that when you're in a trauma, you can't process it, No, right? You cannot process it when you're Mm -hmm. just trying to survive. That's what you're talking about, our survival instincts. Yes. It's like, we are wired to survive. We're not processing it. We're not telling ourselves how bad it is. And I think I know that as a therapist. Yes. Like, I'm aware, like, I can't process this right now, but I think people need to know that. Right. So that's why Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's... So what happened is that once things started feeling better, not March 1st, but like April, April, May, May, yeah. finally, our bodies have been able to relax and we've been allowed to let a little bit of those hard feelings in and be like, whoa, that was so hard. I experienced so much. I didn't even realize how bad my February was until recently. That's why the day, the day you dropped your kids off at school in like March or whatever it was, that the next hour is when you felt the most sad almost because mm-hmm. you had held on to all those feelings for so long. Mm-hmm. So we're in this double whammy of processing what happened to us right. as we're anticipating the next piece. So we're screwed. I don't know, Sarah, tell me what to do. <laughs> no, I think that's why it feels so hard. It's why when anybody starts to talk about it, it kind of clears the room. People are like, I can't even talk about that. Like how many times have you yes. talked about school coming? And the response from so many parents is like, oh, God, don't even bring that up right now. I can't have any. 
it is the avoidance piece, but it's nobody's really avoiding it. They're really thinking about it. Someone just said it out loud and then that made everybody more anxious. I don't think anybody can avoid it. And I think just being, again, it sounds really contrite, but definitely, you know, be kind to yourself in that moment. Understand that your body is really trying to get back to that kind of more normal place. And so if you honestly can't talk about it right then, don't. Like it's really okay to say, put a boundary around that and just say, you know what? I don't think I can process that right this minute. I'm just trying to get through getting my kid in kindergarten or just trying to think about what backpack I need to buy, you know, whatever it is or how many masks I need to order. Gotta do that. Yeah. But at the same time, like it also isn't the time to process everything right this minute. I think a little bit by little bit, if you have some space where you feel safe and it's all good and you're talking to close friends and like we've actually used this time to process a little bit. We brought up February. We actually addressed that. We we all got tearful at the same time. Like we all actually just processed a lot of emotion in here and that's really healthy and it was really safe. But I think you don't need to do that all the time when you're also just trying to cope. But I do think being kind to yourself in the sense of don't wait till nine o'clock at night, right? Before you go to bed to sit down and try to process all the feelings that you're having, because then you're not going to sleep and try to do something else. Try to do like your calm app or your breathing techniques or something, you know, if you are feeling really stressed. Can we talk for a minute? Cause I am obsessed with this idea too. And I'm just going to keep on pounding it into everyone is like, we are anticipating something that we don't know how bad it's going to be. So we're putting all this energy into anticipating something hard. How can we stop ourselves from doing that? So we have to realize that we're doing damage control before the damage is happening. And we have to back it up a little. And what I talk to clients about a lot is the idea that like being more and more anxious does not equal being more and more prepared. Yes, that is so true. So like me running through a thousand worst case scenarios doesn't actually mean I'm more ready. Nobody can catastrophize better than the three therapists sitting in this room (laughs) right now. I mean, I agree. I think that's absolutely right. Like if you could sit down, if you can just take a deep breath and write down the things that you actually have control over, that you Mm -hmm. actually have to do to get your child ready for school, which would be back to school shopping, backpack, school lunch, those things, just the things you have control over that you know you have to do. That's it. That's all you can do right now. Because the idea is that we are all, all of our anxiety is in the past from last year or in the future for what we think is going to happen. And if we can just get ourselves in the present, a lot of the anxiety will go away. But because it's locked in the brain, because of its its trauma, it's like harder to stay in the present. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. It's harder. Mm-hmm. And so we actually have to be so focused on how do you stay in the present because the present actually isn't that bad. Right. Well, and I feel like what's hard about the anxiety is then you're just paralyzed because there isn't, you know, if we're trying to predict, you can't predict what's going to happen six weeks out. Even though we did a podcast on that two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> We call it. <laughs> no, but right, like we can we can try to predict, but when you're anxious, right? If you're sitting, spending your time running through worst case scenarios, you're actually not getting the things done that you can get done that will make you feel good. It would feel good to go and get your kids right. backpacks and be like, okay, that's done. Check it off the list. Right? But I'm like, hey, what's hard is it like takes us away from accomplishing anything in the moment. <laughs> Right. Because anxiety, it's a feeling. 
right? And feelings come and go. It's an emotion. We survive feelings all the time. Our emotions, they hit us. It's like having a wave hit you out in the ocean, right? Like it hits you, it rolls past you, you're still standing there. Just allow the anxiety to roll through, like just deep breathe. It'll pass. It's not going to kill you. It's uncomfortable, but you're going to be okay. And as soon as it goes through, your brain is re-regulating and you can make your list. Don't try to make your list when you're super anxious. Take care of your body and your brain when you're really anxious. Mm -hmm. And then once you kind of, that emotion or that high emotion passes, Mm -hmm. then allow your brain to work again and get it focused on something you have some control over or have something you can focus on that will keep you present again. And what I do like to stay present is even just right now, I'm like, I'm just looking at you guys. We're right here. Yeah. Right. Like even just saying, Oh, I'm right here. Like I'm in my office and we all have these big microphones, right. <laughs> in our faces. Like, this is where I am. I mean, I think we all do mindfulness, some mindfulness stuff in our work, but that's what helps us stay present. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so using the call map is a great idea because that's going to get you in the present. If you feel like you're ramping up with your worries about what's going to happen in the future, put on the call map. We should mm-hmm. just get paid for calm. I know, right? right? Or headspace. Or headspace, or, all of them. Yeah. And, but just be in the moment. Yeah. that will help, even though it's really hard. Well, and I have noticed, like, if I can't get into, like, the calm headspace, like, doing something yeah. brings me back. Yeah, go for right? a walk. So like taking the dog on a walk or mm-hmm. taking him to chase the tennis ball and run around a field or even like, oh, I'm going to like fold laundry, right? Rather than just sit around and like whatever, be in my feelings. Like, oh, I'm going to start doing something. And then I feel like, oh, great. I accomplished this. That feels good. Now I can do more things, mm-hmm. right? But like get pulling yourself out of the feeling. So for me, like I hear what you're saying. And to me, it's about like being present in my body, mm-hmm. right? Like when I'm sitting still, I don't necessarily like feel my body. But if I'm walking or running or folding laundry, which I don't do, but that's what you were talking about. Um, it just isn't a big pile, guys. That's It's not like I have someone who does it for me. <laughs> it's just a huge pile. But if I'm, if I'm doing something with my body and paying attention to my body, then that can usually keep me in the present and not worrying about the future or the past. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think sharing this too, not trying to do this alone, the people I really feel for right now are the teachers and the parents that are teachers. I think yeah. their trauma from last year, like you said, the healthcare workers as well, yeah. people are just, they're just like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this again? Kind of like- I feel really lucky that like my trauma in the last year has been like one level of trauma. I agree. Like I think we can all acknowledge that there are people having it way harder than us and Mm -hmm. we are really privileged. And luckily our community as a whole has not been like ravaged ravaged by COVID. Mm -hmm. And I also say like, and I totally agree. And absolutely. I will also say just from 30 years of working with trauma survivors, trauma survivors oftentimes to, kind of cope will say, well, lots of people have it worse than I do, mm-hmm. right? The reality though is your trauma is your trauma and trauma doesn't discriminate, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's an injury to our central nervous system. It's not so much of a psychological problem. Yeah. So feeling trauma is really normal and feeling trauma no matter who you are or how privileged you are or how how much privilege you don't have, like it's still really hard and it, and it's still important to pay attention to yours and not write it off just because someone else has it worse. So I, I totally agree with you, Caroline, but I also would say like, it's okay to be empathic about 
how hard last year was for you and how hard it was for you, Amanda, and how hard it was for me. And you're right. Like the three of us actually did really well. None of us got COVID. We stayed healthy for the most, you know, our, our families were well. And we were really lucky in that way and lucky in the community we live in. But at the same time, don't write it off either, right? Like it's okay to, to value the experience that you survived and kind of move forward from there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get that because I know my February was hard. It did make me think like this, these feelings, just the news cycle right now has got to be so triggering for people who have lost someone. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel really sad. My cousin passed away. He was young and my family I know has um, my own family is frustrated around vaccine issues, right? And and I understand why we all are. And yet at the same time, we're kind of like, let's try not to judge other people, but we all have feelings about that. Oh. But it's because of what happened in my family. Mm-hmm. And, I, and everybody's walking around that way. No one wears a t-shirt listing it out, right? Yeah. So even some of the people that appear to be, have maybe made it through this pretty unscathed, we, you never know everybody's story or even what this is reminding people of. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, again, we mentioned this before too, around the vaccine issue. There's lots of reasons people can't take a vaccine or choose not. But I will say currently the message is it is a better idea to have it if you can, mm-hmm. obviously. I do know that our children's hospitals, I, I am concerned about kids under 12. Um, they cannot vaccinate because mm-hmm. our, our children's hospitals are filling up. Um and so that's complicating the way people feel, I mm-hmm. think, and the anxiety as well. But again, like we did make it through the first round of this. We are all humans. We've got great resources. We're smart people. But it's a combination of allowing your body to feel the way it feels, validating it, realizing that you're not crazy. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will come in thinking they're losing their minds and they're not. They're just responding to stress and trauma. But also paying attention to what's triggering Mm-hmm. And not necessarily avoiding those triggers, but but owning them, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So like you mentioned, Caroline, you started to tell a story and we like said, no, tell it on the podcast. You were going to mail something. or Oh, yeah. I was mailing some packages back today and like the door, it's just like, it's this package like drop off place and it says like, stop, like masks are back or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was literally like... <gasps> And like, I had a mask on, but just even that reminder, like, oh, we're remasking. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, for a couple months this summer when I was, you know, guys, I have a tendency to order clothes online and then return all of them. <laughs> um, at least I return them, I guess. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, I would just like walk in and da 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 And now it's like, oh no, masks are back on. Yeah, it's scary again, basically. Yeah. But here's what I've learned, y'all, is even talking about this, I think I feel better. I was at a dinner party the other night talking about how wild I wanted to go. And people were looking at me like I was crazy, just FYI. But now you'll all know it was my trauma response. And I feel better putting it out there. And I also do really know that by like slowing ourselves down and thinking about it, we're going to get through it. Right? Like... Mm-hmm. We we did it once and we can do it again. Like there will be a light at the end of the tunnel again. Yeah, there's a beginning, a middle and end. And I think this is a new COVID experience, right? We had the first one, but I think we have to look at this one as a new one mm-hmm. because we made it through the other one. Most people did really well for the most part, like lots of families lost people. I'm not talking about that, but 
the part where as a, as the world came through, all the scientists worked together. They, they found vaccines. We wore masks as a large community. Mm -hmm. We changed behavior patterns, which is not easy for human beings to do. Mm -hmm. Like those are huge accomplishments. Hopefully someday our kids will look back and go, Oh, they did actually a pretty good job. Hopefully they'll probably look at this time period and go, what the hell is going on with the grownups in the room? But, um, (laughs) But I think we're now onto a new experience and we kind of have to look at that as in look at this yeah. as a new experience and realize this is the beginning. There'll be a middle and an end again, like we just went through rather than looking at it as a continuous, if that makes sense, yeah. it might feel more manageable mm-hmm. to look at it as a new, this is a new chapter because they're variants. People I think like looking at it as a new beginning gives the room for like new feelings or new. Oh yeah. Right. Cause it is mm-hmm. It is different. I feel differently at this beginning than mm-hmm. I did yeah. in March 2020. But I think you're right in the, it's a new, because yes, we are coming into it new. We don't know how it's going to end. So we have to remind ourselves of that, right? We don't know if we're going to hit the same peak that we did as last February. Right. And it also allows us to realize we've gone through it once. Right. So there's also like, it's not as scary because we know we've gone through it once. Do you remember what you said when we were like, I don't remember what podcast it was, but we were talking about this and you we were like, guys, we are badasses and our kids are badasses. Do you remember that? They are. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I think we need to like pull that feeling back out a little bit of like, yeah, I'm a badass. Like I've done this. Yeah. I can do it. And I- and I think we can, Caroline, to be honest with you, because we just talked about how hard it was. Yeah. I think if yep. we go into the, like, we're badasses without talking about how hard it is, it's like an avoided... Do you know what I'm well, saying? It doesn't feel genuine in that moment. Yeah. But if you, like, you know, ride the emotional wave we yeah. all just went on yeah. for the last 45 minutes, yeah. I feel like I can walk out of here today being like, we're badasses. Yes. It's going to be okay we can do really hard things. I think what's hard about trauma too sometimes is there's no one to be pissed off at, right? Like who are we mad at? Unless you just have pandemic rage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that. So guys, I don't actually get that mad. No, that's it. We were just talking about that before we started recording. Like we love Caroline's rage because it's actually very gentle. Um, I think there's like this invisible thing that we're mad about. And, and so one of the things that can get really dangerous is being mad at each other or mad yeah. at people. And I think we, again, have to really watch that piece because we're going to do best as a whole if we fight this as a whole, as a community, as a, as a large group of people. Humans like to hang in groups. Mm-hmm. So if we can take this next stage on as a group and be hopeful and take precautions and be careful again and, you know, mask up and be respectful of each other's space and that kind of thing. And, please vaccinate if you can. You know, those things are all really helpful and those seems those things are all helping. And if we can unite around those things, then the outcome should be good. We've done it once. We can do it again. We can. And I think that that makes sense. Like I actually have the energy to be like, yeah, I'm a badass and our kids are badasses and we can do it. And I'm actually not as scared as I was. Good. Like I'm not as scared because it's a different, it's a different thing, guys. It's not yeah. the same COVID. I don't know what's going to happen in February. Like, I don't know how I'll feel. I don't need to be as scared as I was walking around. Like, now that I've, like, logically gotten there and gotten present. Yeah. It. Your brain is back. My brain is yes. back. And your brain is back. And you can tell on our faces, right? Like, yeah. I can feel my heart rate slower. My voice feels this more settled. And 
Guys, essentially what podcast therapist is, is us providing, going to therapy, and you all listen <laughs> Thank to you to for being us. in our therapy session today. And we're, and we're modeling, right? Yeah. So we're modeling. You. But I also think it's like, if you can find the opening to be this vulnerable with your people, yeah. whether that's your partner or your siblings or your friends or your coworker, like whoever it is, like if you can have a moment like this, I do think it can turn it around. Yeah. I agree. So remember, breathe first. And we love the four, seven, eight, right? Like that's what yeah. we're fans of. Where you inhale four, hold at seven, and then exhale for eight. Sit down so you don't get dizzy. Recognize and identify your feelings, right? Yeah. And name them to your close circle, like you just said, Caroline. And make plans, like make your list, organize, follow through with what you need to do, make a plan, make a what if plan. Don't catastrophize if you can help it. If you're going to catastrophize, keep it time limited. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Remind yourself that we don't know what's going to happen. Stay present. That's how I feel. I mean, if you've ever flown on an airplane, you know that the instructions with the oxygen mask is that the adult pulls it down and puts it on first and then can put it on the child after the adult has it on. And I think this is the same thing. I think, again for us feeling this kind of trauma response we need to take care of ourselves first and then we can make sure our kids are going to make it through this just fine and someday hopefully they'll look back and think those adults in the room they actually handled it pretty well all things considered once their parents very true thank you so much for listening if you have questions come visit our website at www.virginiafamilytherapy and you can like us on instagram or facebook and if you're wondering, yes, we do actually give each other the copay that we just charged or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and if you are interested in learning more about us, you can go to that website. And if you are interested in getting therapy for you or your kids, you can also go to that website. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks, thanks. y'all. Thank Bye. you. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us on this. As you can tell, we're feeling a lot of feelings. And so it's absolutely okay for you to be feeling a lot of feelings right now as well. We are in the middle of processing the trauma that we just experienced as we're getting triggered for another one, and it is hard on everyone. So it's a million percent okay to be having a lot of feelings, and it's important for you all to take a deep breath and figure out what they are. It's helpful to talk about it. Sarah, Caroline, and I actually have been feeling so much better since this conversation, I think because we were able to talk about it and put our feelings into words. You also need to remind yourself that you're worried about what happened in the past or what happened in the future. And one strategy is to get yourself grounded to the present. When we actually think about it, we don't know what's going to happen. When you want to ground yourself, there are apps that are really great. You can use the Calm app, you can use Headspace, you can exercise, you can do deep breathing, figure out a grounding technique that's going to work for you to get you in the present. And if you can't get it together, which is absolutely okay, call a therapist, we can give you some strategies that may be helpful for you and your family. Remember, put your oxygen mask on first. It's going to be hard. We're hopeful it's going to be okay. Bye.